If you aren't asking yourself that question, am I becoming pharisaical? Even if I'm not thinking that I'm far away, I'd probably double check to make sure that I'm not. At least when you're meeting up with your mentor, a lot of times I'm not sure. So then when I meet up with Rowan, the word that Rowan has for me is I'm doing better than I think I am. As your leader, Jimmy, I would say that I would rather you be self-examining like that. Yeah. I think it's Paul says, examine yourself, see if you are truly in the faith. So that, that yeah. tells me something. That's a sobering comment yeah. because he's saying, hey, it's possible to think you're in the faith and you're not. And that's a self-examination process. And it's not about being defeatist. It's just about being honest. And then having someone, far better to have someone say, hey, you know what? You're doing okay. Then fool yourself mm. into thinking or mm. for me to fool myself into thinking I'm doing okay yep. and not have a leader speak to me and go, Rowan, you know, mm. your attitude stinks or you're out of line or yeah. it's all about your glory and your kingdom and your empire. Hey everyone, welcome back to Christians in Culture, Season 1, Episode 6. We've just gone through a couple of great topics and we're just going to jump onto a new topic. But before I tell you what we've titled this episode, just give you a brief introduction about what we're talking about. Just hold it off a little bit. Do the introduction and then give the title. Cool. So, yeah, how, how you should write a, a very mediocre essay. <laughs> it's, you know, it seems as though that at the moment we've on both the so extreme sides, both progressive and conservative, they're just extremely vocal and clearly... Social um, media. Yeah, so well, social media. If you look on social media, you probably yeah. cop that on pretty easy unless you block them um, or just hide them off your feed. Uh, clearly they believe that they're right. They wouldn't be pushing that agenda so much if they didn't believe they were right. Yeah. Um, Even people on the left believe they're right. Yes. And the people on the right believe they're not left. Yes. And they also believe they're right. <laughs> yes. And not wrong. Yes. Not wrong. Correct. Um, Correct. So there doesn't seem to be um, a lot of effort to understand um, what's coming from each end. So it's just that this is my point of view. This, I'm right. Uh, so they're not really looking at what's yeah. going on the other end. They're just saying you're wrong, I'm right. It seems that way, doesn't it? It seems that way, yeah. 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 Uh, not, not a lot of conversation. So then you have the... Um, who I think was it on the this yes, cultural moment they called about the silent majority. The, the yes, the, the silent majority the, is sitting the in the middle. Exhausted majority. Exhausted majority. It was, a, it was a study that I was reading. They referred to it called the Moran Common Study. Yeah, which was done in the United States, I think, a year yeah. or two ago. Yeah. Yeah. So there's the a, a majority of people which fall in the middle of those extremes. Something like eighty six percent. Yeah. Jimmy of fall people in, in society fall in between the extreme right and the extreme yeah. left. Which you wouldn't you wouldn't think that if you went by media and by no, uh, social media. Social media and feed, you would think that pretty much you're either everybody has an opinion at one end of the yeah. other. Meanwhile there's eighty six. It's the squeaky wheel that gets yeah. the It's the all. squeaky wheel that gets the all Adam. That's so right. no wonder I'm so tired all the time because I'm definitely yeah. not at one end or the other. Um, yes, that's right. We call it so the majority. Why do how many people who are listening feel like they're in the middle and they're yeah. sick of it? If you are, um, let us know somehow. Yeah, and if, you, if you're if you not, you're thinking, what are they talking about? That's probably a pretty good sign that you're at one end or the other. <laughs> yeah. And if you are, <laughs> come and find us out as well. Um, so, in this episode, we want to discuss the potential pitfalls that people who are very strong or vocal in their views can fall into uh, and how we can make sure that we don't fall into some of those pitfalls. Good. Uh, so... Um, Welcome. Uh, so, my name's Jimmy, Jimmy Brennan, uh, also known as James. And hey James. Uh, I am the one of the leaders at C3 Camden, uh, mainly to do with young adults. I occasionally play bass a little bit and do some other things. Um, 
tonight we have got? My name's Adam Bear. I'm the creative director at C3 Picton. And we have... I am Rowan. I'm the lead pastor at C3 Camden and Picton. I get the privilege of uh, pastoring and leading these two wonderful gentlemen and lots of other people. And we'll have several um, other members of our church mm. on different episodes of this podcast as yeah. well. And if you're worried about that you've only been hearing our three voices so far, we will have a few episodes coming up shortly with, um, excitingly, some female voices we as well. We will have some female voices. So don't, don't think yeah, that yeah, you're yeah, going to be listening to our dulcet tones for forever. No, um, we, we will be actually getting some people uh, with different points of view fact, than other than just us. We are going to do an entire episode about women in ministry. Bring which, it um, on. Which is probably something that needs to be it, heard yeah. more than some of the other stuff that we seem to be talking about probably a lot. Probably right, so, Jimmy. Brown. But anyway, we'll, yeah. um, I digress. We'll get back to this episode, uh, which we have actually entitled 21st Century Pharisees. Mm. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, so, um, it's a massive title. Um, and Pharisees can conjure, can conjure up many images. Uh, so, what do we mean by that title of 21st century Pharisees? Very good question, James, Jimmy, Brennan. Adam, do you want to have, a, have an answer or would you like me yeah, to? Yeah, well, I'll take a stab. Have I'll a take a stab. I would say that a, the 21st century Pharisee is the, is the guy that is, is right because he's right, because he's right. And no one else can be right because you're right. And if you find yourself, I suppose, entering into arguments without wanting to hear someone else's point of view at all, you're not really uh, – like that. you're probably a Pharisee. Yeah. yeah. You're probably There's a Pharisee. There's a difference between hearing and listening too, isn't there? You can yeah, think you're right. hearing a point of view, but really you're just – well, they're – giving their point of view, you're thinking about your next. Well, that's you're right. just, you're yeah. just waiting for the gap. Yes. Are you entering into a discourse or are, yes. you, are, you, are, you, are you basically yelling at people? Yes. yes. <laughs> are yeah. you clanging gong or resounding? Yeah, yes. very much so, without love. And I, yeah. I, that's what concerns me about a lot of what I see in social media from, from Christians and non-Christians alike. It, it, this pressure around social media to have to have a perspective, have to have a view on stuff that we don't really know enough about. And just to state throw up stats and graphs and, you know, statistics and, and facts that you've found on Google because, you know, Abraham Lincoln did say that nine out of ten things you read on the internet are incorrect. Um, <laughs> just uh, yeah, that's a enough, that's penny enough. drop there for a yeah. moment. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. you know, I think when... Look we, it up. Look up that stat. Look up. If you're, if yeah, you're yeah, listening, look up that stat. Yeah. There's yes. plenty of images of, of him with quotations on with that as well. So. That sort of thing. Yes, there is. And, and so, you know, I think we can, we can uh, fall into that trap of just throwing stuff up there. And like you said, Adam, there's no, there's no entering into discourse. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is what I believe and I really don't care what you believe. Now, it might not be what mm. people are thinking, but that's mm. how it comes across. Mm. Yeah. I, I prefer us to say, hey, this is what I think. You know, these are my reasons. I don't have it all figured out yet. Like we did in our introductory episode of this, you know, yeah. we're on a, all on a learning journey. We'd love to hear what you think. If you have a different perspective to me, I'm open to that. I'm up mm. to growing. Let's have a discourse. Let's have a conversation. Even if we get to the point where we agree to disagree, at least we've mm. had a conversation. And I think that is that should be our goal. Uh, to not do that is to fall into this trap of being this 21st century Pharisee. And yep. so uh, when we read, the, it's probably good to, to know a little bit about the history of the Pharisees uh, because – we read about the Pharisees. If you read your New Testament, uh, the ministry of Jesus, the Gospels in particular, you'll, you'll see the Pharisees come up regularly. And, and Jesus probably reserved his harshest words 
for the Pharisees. He would call them things like brood of vipers and, uh, you know, whitewashed tombs full of dead men's bones and mm-hmm. everything unclean. Really not like how to win friends and influence people kind of stuff. <laughs> but uh, Jesus was most harsh on Pharisees because of the fact that they had this overwhelming self-righteousness. Yeah. But, but the problem is when we read as, as Christians, when we read the New Testament, I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I can so easily read about the Pharisees and go, that's not me. Hmm. Yep. And switch off and go, yeah, they're the enemy. Mm. They were Jesus' enemy. Me, if I was there, I'd be right on Jesus' side. And I think that's a very dangerous and potentially pharisaical view way to read the scriptures. Yeah. See, the Pharisees themselves, they believed in the law of Moses. Hmm. They, um, Jesus didn't take issue with the fact that they lived by the law. Jesus' main issue was that they also lived by what they called the oral interpretation of the law. They took the law and their own interpretation to the nth degree. And as a result of that, they became incredibly religious, incredibly uh, moral. They they were trying to live by this highest moral standard, which I'm sure we would all think is, is not necessarily always a bad thing. Hmm. And there's nothing inherently wrong with even any of the moral standards the Pharisees live by. That's not what Jesus took issue with. Jesus didn't even take an issue with the fact that they would strain out you know, their little garden herbs to make sure that a tenth of their garden herbs went to the Lord. He didn't have a problem with that. He said, it's fine to do that. He said, your problem is you do all this righteous uh, morality stuff, but you neglect things like justice and the love of God. Mm. So his view was that they, their God had become their morality. Mm. Their, sorry, I should put it this way. Their morality had become their God yeah. their, rather than, than worship the God of the morality. Mm. That is that is the danger. Their main-made morality, or at least their observance of it, had become their yeah. idol. There's actually a lot of good things in that way. In fact, I would say Jesus probably had more to do, more in common with the Pharisees than, than the other two main religious sects of the day, the Sadducees and the Essenes. Mm. Uh, Jesus probably was closer to a Pharisee. Uh, he commended them about a lot of things, but he, he went at them because of this issue of neglecting justice, neglecting the love of God. In fact... As we before we move on to the next question, I mentioned the book Thriving in Babylon. If you didn't listen to our last podcast, I recommend you listen to that. And uh, mentioned a book by Larry Osborne called Thriving in Babylon about how to live in and as an exile in society. Larry Osborne also has another wonderful book, which just happens to be applicable to this this episode. It's called Accidental Pharisees, and it really is eye opening, challenging. It shows us in the twenty first century how we can. Mm become Pharisees without even realizing it. Highly recommend that reading. So just to do a quick summary on what is a Pharisee first is that a Pharisee is someone who has the these moral guidelines or whatever they've put around their life yep. and they become the things that they focus on and worship yep. and not the God which from behind behind the reasons why they created them in the first place. Mm. They they do it with maybe the right intentions, mm. but then it becomes the thing that they focus on and not the God which was th- that those things were there to help them guide them toward. Yep. Uh, so a 21st century Pharisee who does the same thing where we put um, boundaries or we put things in our life to tr- that originally are probably there as a good thing to help yep. us to become a better Christian, to yep. help us follow God better. Yep. But then we, we focus on those things so much that we forget all the other things of God yep. and we 
in turn end up not being a, such a great Christian, we end up being a really good Pharisee. Yes. Is yeah. that I think we begin to trust in our morality rather, than, though, trust in rather than trust in God. We forget, mm. even though we might pay lip service to the fact that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, we mm. we begin to trust that our morality, the things that we do or the things that we don't do, mm. uh, are somehow the things that save us yep. and somehow the things that set us apart. And it leads to that dreaded word, self-righteousness. Mm. It's so dangerous ahead. because that's uh, where Satan can, like it, when we sin, because we sin, mm. Satan can attack us with shame. Mm. And shame can lead us back into more sin, mm. which ultimately leads to death. And so, like, it's so dangerous to be your own functional savior and have your morality mm. as, as your way to heaven. Mm. Um you mentioned accident and accidental Pharisee. Another book that's really interesting to give us a bit of an idea about this is um, Prodigal God by Tim Keller. Yep. Um, the the premise of the the elder brother and how the older brother, he didn't go off and squander the wealth. He didn't go and live in the world. He didn't go off and party. Mm. He stayed at home and he was a good son and he didn't bring dishonor to his father and and. Even then, the the, the um, prodigal son or the one that went off to squander the wealth, he, he still got welcomed back in. Mm. And and the 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 elder brother was so fuming that the father had mm. so much grace for the mm. his brother. Um, and quite often we can be the same. We we mm. we measure ourselves against people, other people. Yes, and how yeah. they live their life yes, and yeah. we're like oh i don't do what they do yes but yeah. there are so many things in our heart that we do that are just as yeah. sinful as what they are doing yeah. they yes. just look different we yeah. just don't have that father's heart we don't have the heart of the father that welcomes the accepts all that's we right try and live by these guidelines that we set up which we think is to be a good son that's um, right. yeah. or daughter um, correct so Okay, so that's the 21st century Pharisee or being a Pharisee. That's We've sort of got that locked down. So we'll move on to the next question. So uh, I think we've sort of we kind we of start, we started on touching question, onto so this one a bit about how do we become a 21st century Pharisee. Yep. So um, if there's anything else we need to touch about that, but we'll, the second part of that question is how can we avoid becoming one? I think we sort of yep. touched on that a little bit as well, I, I but let's expand, little, on, let's that expand on that a little bit more. Well, I have this theory that, the further we move away from the center of our social and political worldview, so we, the further we move to the left or the right, the further we move towards the progressive or the conservative, towards the extremes, that is where we run the most risk of becoming a Pharisee uh, because we – we're so far away from the opposing worldview from a different perspective than our own mm. that we, we fall into that trap. And so I think it one way is to be open to mm. different views yep. and be willing to hear and different views and make sure that, that we're, uh, we're actually welcoming of that. Hey, I'd love to hear a different perspective and let yep. that become part of our, our language. Mm. If, we, if we do post something on media, if we are in conversations at a party with people, let's – Avoid that risk of trying to defend our perspective, defend our rights. Mm. You know, if someone says something against our church or against our or against Christians in general, let's avoid that that sense of immediately jumping in and feeling like we have to defend. Mm. It's a really Pharisaical attitude. It, it it doesn't have the result we're looking for. Yeah. But if we can come at it from the perspective of, hey, I'd love to hear why you have a different perspective, then that would uh, that would cultivate conversation. Yeah. So I think. 
that will help us if we can do that, if we can be self-aware enough. It's all about self-awareness, listening yep. to our own narrative, listening to our own voices in our head. Mm. Yeah. It can it can happen to all of us, so being aware of that. Mm. And if we do if we are aware of that, I think it will mm. it will temper our responses towards those that we disagree with. Yeah. We won't just be engaging and fighting. Mm. Uh, we'll actually be asking for people genuinely seeking to engage in this healthy dialogue mm. uh, it will drive us to send feedback to receive feedback mm. from others and have honest correction and go hey you know what? i don't have this all figured out yet i'd mm. love to hear where do you think i'm off the track mm. yeah. which is why leadership is so important all of us in life we need to have leaders uh, yeah. the absence of leaders will lead to Pharisee self-righteousness mm. or if you find yourself saying to your leaders who are over you if you find you if you find yourself arguing with everything your leaders say, oh, you don't know me. Mm. I think you're in shaky ground. Yeah, mm. I think it's actually good to go further and ask those who lead you, those who pastor you, if you're Christian, those mm. who are your mm. connect group leaders, those who are your department leaders, those who lead lead your mm. church, wherever you might find yourself. I think it's actually good to go to them and say, hey, do you think that I'm a Pharisee? Yeah. Do you find me easy? To talk to, mm. how do you? How do I feel when? How, how do you feel when? When I respond to you bringing correction or direction into my world, yep. and uh, if you sense any apprehension on behalf of your leader, there's a good chance that uh, maybe you're not as good at this as you think. Yeah, and uh, these are just all ways that we can mm. hopefully avoid falling into this trap of becoming mm. this Pharisee. Yeah, Adam, what do you think? Yeah, I'm just I'm reading Philippians three and. Just what Paul had to say about just himself, really. He, he was saying, I am the Pharisee of all Pharisees. I am the best Pharisee you'll ever see, yeah. basically. Mm. And, and he's saying, he goes on to say from uh, verse 8, he says, What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider it garbage he considered all of his his pomp and his pharisaical knowledge and the way he lived his life and the way he um adhered to the law yes as rubbish mm. um he goes on to say i consider it garbage that i may gain christ and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law but one through faith in him the righteousness that comes from god I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his mm. sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining the resurrection from the dead. Mm. Like, Love it. that is, in a nutshell, what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we can't save ourselves. Yeah. We are mm. always reliant on Jesus for the work mm. of the atonement. Yeah, we 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 could never have done it. Yeah. So to live a life, any like to live a life in self righteousness, mm. it, it has its own reward. Yeah. Unfortunately, and mm. and that it's not freeing. It's not a yeah. freeing yeah. place to be in. Mm. So yeah. Yeah, I was just gonna like, yeah, like I think that's that was just great. Sorry, I was just. Blown away. Like, I was just like, it's a passage that I've, that I've heard many times, but it's just so on point for what we're talking about. And, like, I just, when you were talking as well, Rowan, about holding, about not going, like, holding an extreme view, you can hold a view that is considered extreme one way or the other, 
but it's then how you then hold that view and where you put yourself. Absolutely. Because you can hold a, something that's viewed as extreme. So you could say where your stance on abortion yes. could be extreme, yes. left or right. Yes. But then how then you engage with the way that you hold that will determine if you're a Pharisee or not. I if you go great point. abortion, 100% wrong, I'm not going to listen to any of your what you're going to say, Whatever, cut everything off. I'm just going to throw statements out there. This is what I am. Mm. This is what I believe. This is what is right. Mm. Then you are a Pharisee mm. because you're not willing to at least engage and talk with and understand the other side of the argument. doesn't mean that you have to agree with the other side of the argument. doesn't mean that your opinion will have to change because you have to listen to the other yes. side of the argument. But if you are sitting at that extreme and not even willing to consider talking to someone on the other side, even if someone who's maybe not as far yeah, great. On point. the extreme side, yeah, yeah, because there are plenty of people that will be on the opposite side, on the left, yep. that say abortion's fine. Yep. You know, it's a woman's body. Let them do what they want. Yep. You know, if you're a man, don't even listen. You know, don't even say anything because you don't need to. You know, like you shouldn't mm. even have an opinion about it. Yes. Like there's that that extreme as well. There's a lot in the middle. And then there's pretty much a lot of people yeah. that will fall in the middle. Yeah. You know, and that's and that that's just one topic, and we can hold extreme views on a lot of topics, but it's then how we then hold ourselves mm. in expressing those and discussing those and if we're even willing to discuss them. And I, you need to be mindful of how you look as well yeah. because from the outside looking in, the way you're acting is actually nonsensical. It, it mm. looks nonsensical. Mm. It, I'm, I think about Jesus when he, when he uh, rebukes the Pharisees in relation to getting the donkey out of the the hole like he says if your donkey fell in a hole you'd get it out yeah because it, it makes sense to do that yeah and and but you guys holding so dearly to this letter of the law mm. you you forget that you forget the author and the spirit of the law mm. and yeah like mm. when when you hold so fast to an idea that you you exclude all others yeah it's nonsense. What's, it yeah. looks What's to be nonsensical. Yeah, you might as well not hold any point. That's right. Because it's not going to be helpful yeah. in any way. Well, I think both of you in your last few comments have made some points that, you know, I, I, I really want to take on board and things that I've not actually thought about before. Uh, well, I don't think I've, I've thought about them. So, thank you. Mm. Jimmy, you were saying, uh, you know, you can hold that view and it can seem extreme and it's it's not the holding of the view, it's the expressing of the view, I think is yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. It's the way we express our view that mm. determines whether we behave in a pharisaical, self-righteous way or not. Yeah. I think that's true. I think wherever we fit on the spectrum of social issues of any kind, and in, in a couple mm. of episodes time, we're going to talk about what we'd call the big issues. Mm. Um but wherever we fit on any of those issues, there's always going to be people who are in our midst who are going to think we're too extreme one way or another. So yeah. we, we, can have a, we can have a view and there'll be people who are mm. further to the right than we are and there'll be people who are further to the left than we are. We're never yep. going to be able to agree with everyone and, and mm. I don't think that's necessarily the goal. So I love mm. what you're saying there around yeah. how do we do it? Well, we make sure that we conduct ourselves in a way that respects others' rights to free will yep. uh, and still... It respects our own right to express what what we believe, but in doing it in a gracious way. So thank you for that. That's a good point. And Adam, you were talking about you know how, really prior to all that, you were saying and how can we? The question we actually prompted this with was how can we avoid becoming a Pharisee? And mm. and my answers were were very functional. You know, like you know, seek wisdom from others and 
temporary responses and ask for mm. advice and be willing to talk which to is others. all important because if, important, you, if you yeah. don't if you don't put yourself in that place yeah you just you're gonna fall into that trap way too easy yeah i and i i think that's where i was coming from mm. and I, it's not bad no. I, I i agree with those but i think adam you touched on something which i think i i'm embarrassed to say that i missed and that is really that the best antidote to self-righteousness i think i don't know how you said this but it is cultivating intimacy with Jesus. Yeah. Oh, for yeah. sure. So, uh, Reliance yeah. on his atonement. Yes, mm. that's it. That's what you're talking about is yeah. the whole relationship with with him and, and not falling into this functional saviour mentality where we mm. save ourselves. And so, mm. yeah, I think for me, that's just a reminder that even even in saying and running these kind of podcasts, it's very easy for us to – I would consider myself reasonably centred in terms of my – social view on a lot of things i'm definitely not as right as others and i'm definitely not as left as others um even my political surveys tend to put me reasonably well in the center but i can make my centeredness my morality yeah. and make that make that my idol and here i am yeah. finding myself hmm. thinking that i'm thinking that i'm not a pharisee and i am so yeah. so coming back to jesus and just constantly searching our hearts mm. and going lord but for your grace mm. yeah um i am as messed up yeah i am as prone to self-righteousness i'm as prone to thinking my view is right and people on either end or wrong or mm. let's let's not be that way i think yeah. that that urges me to mm. keep my close relationship with jesus keep closer mm. and closer to him so yeah yeah oh like i i hopefully i don't go too off topic so i'll be very quick but in talking like when you look at like works the idea of works and grace in in salvation is another way that people get very pharisaical is that you know it's all by the grace of jesus that we are saved mm. you know and not works and then the other side is well you works are important if you come more works-based then that's becoming pharisaical as well it's about knowing that they come hand in hand yes and i think that's like when we, when we when we talk about you know it's a good book that one yeah good book that yeah, one good book <laughs> yeah. that one james um if you haven't read it get on it um but yeah so when it comes to um being like pharisaical and holding our views that we need to know that a lot of these holding a view has got to come hand in hand with being gracious Okay, and then actually being able to be open to be, to be whether it's by a leader, yeah. whether it's being open to be in discussion, whether it's be open to be transformed by Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. All of it. Important. We need all of those things. I think which is what we're, the 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 things we've touched on. All of these things are important that we need to be open and not closed. Because as soon as we start becoming closed on things, is when we start become Pharisaical. Mm. Um, you know, as soon as we say that this is the right way, that's the wrong way. Um, that's when things start to hit the fan one thing i i really i I quite often come back to is the five solas and they're not scriptures so don't take them as you know gospel gospel but they are they are helpful like so if you've never heard of the five solas you can just google the five solas of the reformation and you'll be able to you'll be able to find them and and read about it but sola scriptura so by scriptures our highest authority we will always go back to the word of god to Mm. to test our motives to test uh where we are um in relation to you know what what the scriptures say sola fide by faith alone we we have faith in in the work of jesus christ sola gratia which is by grace alone so mm. we we are given god's grace and and that is the only thing that that can save us mm. solus christus by christ alone Jesus is the Lord, he's the saviour, he's our propitiation for mm. sins, which means he, he paid the price and, and the penalty for our sin. And sola dea gloria, that's the one that always I always come back to. 
solely for God's glory. And mm. so everything I do is for God's glory. Right. And yeah. that and that's a thing we always have that's to ask ourselves. Us, isn't it? Yeah, I'm challenged by that. Am I right. doing this for my own glory or yeah. for God's glory? Mm. Well, I am saved for God's glory. Yeah, yeah. wonderful. Mm. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. Well, that's pick- that that is the challenge. And I think that's the if if you're not asking yourself that if you I'll I'll even go to people who are leaders whether it's you're just leading a a, a Bible study or a cell group or a, uh, a gathering as we call it in yep. in our um, in our churches here if you all the way through to being a, a, a senior leader or you're leading a music team yep. um, whatever it is if you if you aren't asking yourself that question yeah at least. You know, when you're meeting, at least at, at least when you're meeting up with your mentor, mm. or at least if you put yourself right. under someone to be mentored, yeah. that should be then question. that you should be going. Hang on, am I am I like am, am I am I becoming Pharisaical? Yeah. yeah, because when I know the times when I'm not, is probably the times where I'm probably further away from God than I think I am. Mm. Yeah, because if if God's working in me and I'm close to God and He's and He will be working on me. I'd, I would need – uh, that's a question that would be coming up. Even if I'm not thinking that I'm far away, I'd probably double-check to make sure that I'm not. Uh, and then a lot of the times I'm not sure. So then if I – if I when I meet up with Rowan, I'll ask, mm. like, you know, a lot of the time is that, that – I, the the word that Rowan has for me is I'm doing better than I think I am. Yeah, right. Because a lot of the That's time good. is because I and and which is encouraging because especially sitting down here is that I'm going that I'm questioning whether or not my, my motives are right yeah. that I'm that I'm actually going to like I'm doing these to the right motives. But as yeah. your leader, Jimmy, I would say that I would rather you be self-examining like that. Yeah. Um, I think it's Paul says in in. Says it somewhere in his writings. Examine. I think it's in Romans. He says, "Examine yourself to see if you are truly in the faith." Mm. Yeah. That's so that, that yeah. tells me something. That's a sobering comment. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Because he's saying, "Hey, it's possible mm. to think you're in the faith and you're not." Yeah. yeah. And that's a self-examination process. And it's not about being defeatist. It's just mm. about being honest. And then having mm. someone far better to have someone say, "Hey, you know what? You're doing okay." Yeah. Then fool yourself mm. into thinking, or mm. for me to fool myself into thinking I'm doing okay, yeah. and not have a leader speak to me and go, "Rowan, you know mm. your attitude stinks, or you're out of line, or yeah. you're becoming." It's all about glory, your glory and your kingdom and your mm. empire. Mm. Yeah. So far better to come at it from that, examine myself to see if I'm yeah. really in the faith. So, yeah. So. And to actually ask yourself that question kind of shows you that you're doing all right. Yeah. Like if, if you... I don't think a Pharisee will ask themselves that question. That's right. And yeah. it quite often... At least uh, honestly. At least honestly, yeah. And it's and it's a mark of a true disciple, someone yeah. that will, will submit themselves to another and and have them give them those harsh truths. Yeah. Um and, and to actually take them on board and let the Holy Spirit do the work of changing you into the person that, that God's created you to be. Yeah. And when you like in my personal prayer life, I will pray through the Lord's Prayer and I'll pray each line. And I will meditate on each line and I'll get to the point where it says your will be done. And I'm like, God, let your will be done. I, I want my will to bend to your will. Wow. Yeah. You know, and, and that- you're a real Christian. Adam. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I love Jesus. I might have to get a veil soon. You know, I love the, Jesus. The, the, glory is the glory is just radiating off out of Adam. Yeah. But when look, that, when I come to that place where yeah. I'm saying, God, let your will be my yeah. will let my will bend Into to your, your will, will. yeah 
then that's yeah man like that's that's where that power is and it's it's a daily thing like that's where it's at you need and and i think it's awesome how like jesus said to the disciples when you pray Mm. so he knew that they were gonna pray that was the given yeah it's given it's not if if you pray yeah Yeah, that's right and i think we need to think we need to hear that as christians praying yeah when we pray i think often we do that are we talking to jesus if we pray yeah you know yeah this is what i do when i pray it's yeah not if i pray yes yeah i think to add to that i'm often reminded in my conversation with other people and challenge myself, something that uh, our C3 Australia National Director, Pastor John Pierce, I've heard him say several times is when he's seeking feedback. If he has leaders in his church, his leaders come into his church to, to give feedback over the course of a weekend, do an oversight visit or whatever. He'll sit with them and debrief with them over lunch on, on a Sunday and he'll say, okay, so what do I need to change? What about what do we need to change in the church? What do I need to change in my life? Mm. And, uh, and, and, he will lean in for that. He'll have his pen and paper out and he'll start writing and uh, his, he, the, the, his leader will say something and he, he will say, I love these words. He says, thank you, what else? Mm. And, uh, and then they'll write, say, say something else and he'll say, thank you, what else? What I love about that and the mentality behind it is I remember him saying that, that most leaders don't want to be too conflicting so, uh, and too confronting, so they want to test the waters. And I understand that as a leader. I want to test the waters. So, so if someone says to me, where do I need to change? I'm not going to drop straight to, I'm going to jump straight not going to jump straight to number one on the list mm. uh, I want to test the waters a bit yeah so because you know I don't want to upset you I don't want to upset mm. the person I don't want to pick a fight mm. so I'm not going to just kind of come out and say well you know what your attitude stinks about the way you're treating your wife you know I'm, I might not mm. jump straight to that because I I want to test the waters so yeah. I, I'll start with maybe four on the list and if a person fights me on number four well I'm not going to take mm. number one. I'm mm. not going to yeah. get there myself. I'm not mm. spoiling for a fight. But mm. if I have a thank you, what else mm. attitude, then gradually that builds confidence and humility. In, yeah. And I'm talking for myself with my oversight as well. Mm. Um, I'm reminded about that regularly. Thank mm. you, what else? Because mm. that builds humility. Yeah. It keeps sure that we keep close accounts with God. Mm. And I know we're kind of off track, but I think it's it's got a lot to do with how to avoid mm. becoming becoming self-righteous. Yeah, becoming, becoming a Pharisee. Self, yeah, we, a Pharisee. we don't want to become a Pharisee and these are the things we need to have those checks yeah. for ourselves. I, I would love some people to come to me and say, hey, could you tell me what you think about my social media, the way I post on social media? I would love to hear some comments from some people about mm. that mm. because if they genuinely wanted to hear it, I, I, I think I would be able to say, hey, you know what? I don't think that necessarily the, what you're what you're intending is what's coming across mm. Mm. i'm not saying your motives are wrong i'm just saying i'm not sure that you're intending that and to see mm. and not to have a fight back but to go oh well thanks pastor i didn't mm. realize that was the case yeah you know but mm. i'm gonna pick my battles yeah as a leader mm. i'm gonna pick my battles i'm not i, I, mm. I often just scroll mm. straight on past yeah um yeah. As a pastor, I don't have the luxury of necessarily unfriending everybody, yeah. but I'll often just scroll on past. So that's mm. one area where this mm. this comes to the yeah. surface. Just as we get ready to close, I wanted to mm. uh, touch on this. This actual problem mm. was a problem that had arisen in the church at Colossae that Paul was when he was mm. writing to the Colossians in in Colossians chapter two, and towards the end of the chapter, he he talks and, and he kind of corrects the Colossians because he says, "Are hey, you guys have made your morality your God, which is what we're talking about?" Yeah. They had become accidental Pharisees without even realizing it. He said, guys, this is what's, do- what, what's happening in your world. You have made it all about what you do and what you don't do. Hmm. He says, you submit to do not taste this and do not touch that and don't go there. And now that has become your idol. Hmm. And he says, in the effort to try to suppress your flesh by not touching this and not eating that, 
let's bring it up into the 21st century. Mm. Uh, or, you know, we might go, well, I don't, I don't go into a nightclub or I, I don't go to that. I don't watch those kind of television shows. I don't do this. I don't do that. Mm. Some of those things you might by your own standard feel like you can't do those things mm. or you shouldn't do those things. That's totally good. Putting in healthy boundaries is Putting good. Putting in healthy boundaries is mm. good. But when you put in those boundaries and then that becomes your idol, mm. we have fallen into the trap. When we do that, we have fallen into the trap that Colossians did. Yeah. And here's the, here's the clincher. At the end of Colossians chapter 12, Colossians 2, Paul says, these things that you do and don't do, mm. which are suppressing your flesh sinful nature are actually doing quite the opposite. He said you're intending to re- suppress them, but they're actually igniting your sinful nature because mm. now yeah. the things that you do or don't do have become your idol and now mm. you feel more righteous because you don't go to those places that other people go yep. or you don't touch those things or you don't say those words. Mm. And now you compare yourself with the rest of the people and Paul says you've actually inflamed your lust not suppressed it. Mm. So in order to suppress it, I think to truly suppress the sinful nature, we have to have the attitude that the tax collector had when the Pharisee was beside him. And Jesus says, hey, the Pharisee goes, I'm not like this tax collector and I I Mm. do this and I don't go there and I Mm. do this. Mm. I'm not like other sinners. And, And the Pharisee, of course, the tax collector says, Lord, he won't even look to heaven. And he says, Lord, I'm a sinner. I messed up. Have mercy on me. Yeah. Jesus' words say, hey, guys, He's the one who went home justified. He's the yep. one who went home mm. with his sinful self-righteousness mm. suppressed. Not not the yep. Pharisee. The Pharisee just went home full of himself. Yeah. Yep. And so that intimacy and that desire and that awareness that all of us, but for the grace of God, are self-righteous yeah. yep. is what will prevent us and hopefully avoid us uh, engaging in incorrectly with society and, mm. and becoming Pharisees, mm. 21st century Pharisees. Yeah. I often think about the man who was crucified next to Jesus that had no opportunity to do anything good. He died and he went to be with Jesus in paradise. Mm. And uh, the only reason he went there was because he, he accepted Jesus as yeah. his Lord. And, mm. yeah, I mean, the, I would think we would all agree that the um, – the alternative to being a Pharisee is being a true disciple of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And that has been a message that we've mm. been talking about through the last six episodes. And I think, if if anything, we need to learn how to be better disciples yep. of Jesus. Yeah. Uh, so just to conclude, I just, I suppose, give um, everyone out there maybe a little bit of a, um, a checklist. I probably should have said before, maybe not just leaders, but I think everyone, if, if you want to have help on this journey if you want to know uh you know get that that heart check if you want to make sure that you are aligned with with god and not aligning yourself with issues um and just and using that as as your christian base um don't be afraid to ask someone to have a chat don't be afraid to you know find a leader whether it's a gathering leader or someone who's um older than you in the church that you respect uh that you know that will speak honest with you um go speak to um your pastor go and speak to a youth leader go and speak to someone who you know will speak honestly into your life and let you know if you ask that question and you know how am i going like honestly am i am i can i what can i work on Am I closed on – is my heart closed to being open on certain issues Great or point, things like that? So, mm. just to, for everyone out there, just to be um, – don't be afraid to ask the questions because if 
if you if you're unsure, ask the question. Don't be afraid. And if you maybe aren't maybe ready to take the step to go and ask someone, pray about it. Hmm. And well then, said. And see where you go from there. Yeah, so good. Yeah. And I think you know your point there is so true that. It can take incredible humility and a dropping of the walls. Mm. And, uh, you know, coming into a church environment can seem daunting for that. You know, we work very hard and and it it Mm. flies in the face of human nature. But Mm. in our church, we work very hard to say vulnerability Mm. is applauded here. In fact, we have one of our core guiding principles in our church for leaders. And that is that uh, vulnerability is a qualifier, not a disqualifier. In fact, a lack of vulnerability will disqualify you. uh, Because we we know that we're all on a journey towards wholeness. Yeah. And and so mm. our desire is that when anyone walks into the church, mm. if you're watching this and you're looking yeah. for a church, our desire is that when you come into our church that you will feel accepted and loved. Yeah. Can we guarantee that'll happen 100% of the time? No, because because human beings are human beings, but mm. that's our passion. That's yeah. that's how we're striving towards. Yeah. We want church. Mm. We want to represent Jesus. We want yeah. to play a, uh, want it to be a safe place mm. where people can come and experience mm. Love, forgiveness, yep. acceptance, belonging, mm. uh, regardless of, uh, you know, not having to put up a face, not having to pretend that we're more righteous or more holy than we really are. Yeah. 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 We're if, definitely not perfect. And if you are someone who has been following Jesus for a long time, you would call yourself a disciple, um, and you don't have anyone that you're discipling, let's take that next step. Yeah, great point. Because yeah. Jesus sent, he said, go into the world and make disciples. Mm. Um, it's it's all well and good for us to love Jesus and for him to be our saviour. Yeah. But until we are leading others to, to be in that same relationship, mm. we're not fulfilling our true potential as, yep. as disciples of Jesus. Mm. Yeah. And if you feel as though that you haven't got someone, speak to your pastor yep. because they'll be able to point you in direction of someone that you probably could easily speak yes, into their life. Right. Um, and because there's because it's the it's the opposite of the person who's looking for someone to speak into their life there you know if you're looking if you've got the opportunity to speak into someone's life and you don't know who yep i'm sure point. that someone will be able to point you in the right direction yep.